No Losses Radio is brought to you by Mess, a content studio in Chicago. For more info, check out madeatmess.com. Right, check, check, check. Is this mic working? It seems to be working. Yours working? S- 6.32 p.m. downtown Brooklyn. All right. You know yeah. what the fuck going on. <laughs> I think we're good. All right. Welcome, everybody, to episode three. We've already lasted much longer than I expected. This is No Losses Radio with YC and... This is Top Shelf Tyson. Thank you for joining us. So we're back again. Um, it's October, 1st of October today when we're recording. This will probably be out in a couple weeks. But, you know, October, it's fall. It's time to start dressing. Finally, <laughs> finally. Even though it's like 80-something degrees today when the sun was out, I feel like I was dying. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like 90 tomorrow, too. So uh, technically, it's almost time to start dressing. So we thought we would talk a little bit today about one of our favorite during work kill time discussions we want to talk about clothes not just our not just our own clothing not just no losses but just getting dressed in general and our constant struggle to not buy stuff yes this is important time theft strategies too how you can waste time on the clock and still get paid and spot and plot on how to spend your money recklessly on stupid shit that you don't really need so when we were talking earlier today about tonight's episode, I kind of mentioned, let's talk a little bit about clothing. Let's talk about style and that sort of thing, because I think it's a thing that a lot of straight men specifically don't necessarily care about. And I think that's fine. That's fine. We are two guys, though, that care about it maybe more than we should. A little too much, you know. And the reason we always end up talking about clothes is because one of us will send a message and it will pretty much go yeah this month i'm really shouldn't spend any money but here is a 10 point list of things that i would like to buy <laughs> please don't quote me on this when i directly contradict myself and spend some bread on some shit i don't really gotta gotta spend it on right so we definitely end up talking about clothes because we don't want to buy clothes but we start talking about it and i wanted to start just kind of in a very i guess introductory way to say how is it that we even how is it that you even um, became interested in like clothing and just like obviously dressing in like a specific way? But, you know, I just said people don't really care about clothing sometimes. But how did you get to care about like gear and like personal style stuff? Well, I remember, <clears throat> I mean, I, I got started kind of early because like my dad, I, like like most men, my dad didn't really give a fuck about gear. Um, so he didn't, I didn't really learn anything from him. And, like, my sister and my mom were both really into fashion and clothing and just kind of being surrounded by that. Like, there was always, like, a, like aesthetics were, like, an important thing, you know. It was, like, something that you had to really have under control. And uh, kind of, like, quickly learning that how you present yourself to the world kind of affects how the world's going to treat you. And then as far as, like, you know, developing my own style and taste or whatever, like, a big part of it, honestly, was when I started working and getting my own money, you know, cause then you don't really have to, <laughs> you don't really gotta run shit past anyone else before you purchase it. Um, and I remember I used to like, when I was like 18 years old, I used to be down on the LES. Like the first store for me that was kind of like opened my eyes to like uh, the world of gear or whatever was um, Nort Recon, you know, like Recon being the clothing, Nort being the sneakers. And I remember just kind of walking in there and like, not really like quite understanding what was happening like it was all these logos like I, like I knew who stash was and like you know there was all the there was like these logos and like these dope like there was like t-shirts with prints that weren't just right on the front and center you know or like different materials and like reflective ink or something and this shit is like blowing my fucking worldview and i remember specifically like there was this one they had like a new era hat and that was like that was a challenging thing to have back in the day like this is like i don't know like 2008 or something like that and like you you didn't just have like a collaboration with new era you know so this was like kind of a big deal and this dude was like he was mad nice to me you know answering my questions and i just remember he showed me like a line sheet with a picture of this hat on it i was like whoa this hat's amazing and like a pinstripe a pinstripe new era which was again like revolutionary at the time and he was like he's like all right it should be here like next week i had to come back like six weeks <laughs> like legit like just keep coming back it's like yeah because it was like shit it was shipping from like japan or something it was like is it here yet it's like not yet not yet and then it finally got it and like the shit just felt like the most special thing on the planet to me because like nobody else had it like i really had to like chase it to go get it or whatever so like you know long-winded point aside i guess it was like kind of exploring 
you know, I started with like an emphasis on it in my life, but just kind of getting out there and exploring shit in shops by myself and like developing my own taste was kind of like the beginning for me. And then starting to work in fashion, you kind of have to be on point all the time. You can't really look sloppy or no one's going to pay attention to you. So it just kind of spiraled from there. But what about you, YC? Well, I think it's a similar story in the sense of, well, I have an older sister as well. We probably have similar relationships in that sense that we're kind of the same age. Our sisters are probably close in age. And that's my only sibling. Uh, we went to Catholic school my whole life. So elementary school through junior high, I wore a school uniform and you couldn't really do anything with that besides wear the plaid tie and the cardigan or whatever. It was a cardigan, too. It wasn't even a blazer. It wasn't, you ain't turn your shit inside out like the Fresh Prince? No, <laughs> no. It wasn't even. That's what I'm saying. It's not even a blazer. It was a fucking cardigan, which whatever. And um, But in high school, um, the high school that me and my sister both went to, it was Catholic, but it had a dress code. And I remember my sister was in high school several, several years before I was. And I remember it started with her being kind of, well, I don't know if I remember this consciously, but I remember that she used to like, she used to dress like real cool for like school. Like back then around that time, it's like late nineties. So it was like a lot of polo, a lot of like Tommy Hilfiger, a lot of like button downs. The and drip. Like, yeah. It was like button downs and 90s like, drip. yeah, 5411s and like all this stuff that like you could wear because our, our very permissive high school dress code. And I think it started because she wore a lot of, like, boys' clothing, honestly, which was great because then, like, she could hand it down to me, and I wore a lot of hand-me-downs for my older sister, strange enough to say. And um, my <laughs> parents... kind of fire, though. I like that. Yeah, for sure. And my parents... That's how Prince got started, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I wish it was a little more exciting a story, but she was just handing down clothes that were made for uh, preteen boys anyway. So... Um, my parents also didn't really much care about clothing. My parents are very, uh, they don't really spend on a lot of material things in that way. So they weren't really super into it. Obviously, they worked in um, business settings and, you know, they dressed well for work and that sort of thing. But they didn't really care about clothes. But my mom does love a good deal. So I think my... Same, yo, same here. Yo, same here. Loves a good deal. So I think my, like, entree into retail myself is, like, going, like back to school shopping at like Franklin Mills and like the the, like outlet malls and stuff like Woodbury Commons and like things like that and going there and being like and because you know the prices were like decent it was stores yeah (laughs) prices were like decent and like the shelving and shit was kind of lawless it was like one of those things where it's like your parents would take you they're just like all right go crazy because you can't really do too much damage in the like polo factory store so I think I got interested in clothes then and then it just became like an ongoing thing. Like I used to just like read like fashion magazines. Even to this day, like I don't really know about like the business of fashion as much or like brands in that sort of way, but it definitely started me on a path of like choosing actively what I care about wearing, I guess. And I think that's kind of the first step to any sort of style sort of thing. You don't have to make it a big thing, but like Doing things with intention is is good advice for anything, but especially for clothing. I think the difference between people who like don't really care about clothing, which is fine because, you know, it's just a, a minor thing in the grand scheme of things. But if you care about it, part of it is just making the decision to care about it, about buying certain things, like actually choosing things you like, not just because of fit or just because of comfort or just because of those other factors. So I think as a kid starting to choose my own clothing became a thing that I never like got tired of, I guess. And something actually that kind of made me uh, think about something that you brought up before, like you've you've made the very cogent observation, like how much of our consumption habits as adults is influenced by what we didn't have when we were children. Right. And like, you know, like I I feel like we can kind of relate here, too, because like my mom was definitely not about paying full price for anything, especially for clothes, because like, you know, I wasn't always the size, but I did grow wild quick. So like I would definitely grow out of my shit bag quick. So my mom was definitely not trying to pay like no full price or whatever. But um, at the same time, like like you could not go get a a North Face jacket like at the discount store. You know what I mean? Right. And I remember specifically and, and like. And I feel like a part of it also kind of gets like connected to like when you start to notice the opposite sex or the same sex. Are you trying sure. to when you're trying to when you're trying to attract mates, you know, like when you start to either consciously or subconsciously pull that. And I just remember like everybody had a North Face jacket and I was like wearing like 
Eddie Bauer joint. <laughs> right. Know, and like and like and feeling like in retrospect, the Eddie Bauer joint was very fly and I wish I still had it now, but like it felt at the time like before I was really ready to like go out and figure out my own shit and you just kinda wanna, you know, look like your peers or whatever and not get most importantly, not get clowned for having the bootleg fucking down jacket. Like that's probably why I have ten North Face jackets now. Right. <laughs> like, no, literally, because like, I always felt like that deprivation. Lack. Yeah, yeah, that deprivation. Exactly. Like I felt that lack, and I'm just <laughs> deprivation like, being a relative term. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Like, sorry, sorry, you were check, deprived yeah, check the of the, of I had the drip. A, nah, nah, that's true. And I definitely, I had a, I had a jacket. So like, I'm grateful not right. to get, not to get crazy here. Right. But like, you know, as far as like feeling like you, you know, you weren't as fly as you could have been was definitely not a great feeling, especially when you're like you're young, you're going through puberty, your self-esteem is not fully developed or whatever. So you're like, all right, I need these external sources of validation. Like I need the same jacket as my peers. Right. So everyone knows They're, I'm cool. At that age, it's hard to develop a sense of self and it's hard to develop a unique and totally confident personal style that isn't based on what everyone else is wearing. And yeah, I mean, yeah. that's just, I think that's something that carries through even to, you know, adulthood and like the fashion industry is kind of built on that, obviously trends and people copying and like that sort of thing anyway, um, not to go too far out of my depth, but same thing with me. I mean, when I went to high school, I just remembered again, we were in Catholic school, but it was a dress code situation. So it was just like seeing people like my age or like 14 and 15 with like, the 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 America's Cups like Prada sneakers uh, or, the, or like Kooji sweaters yeah, and yeah, like yeah. and I'm just kind of like I don't even know where to like get this stuff to much less copying like I don't even know how to begin the process of just copying what other people are doing and my parents are not going to go and buy me as I'm still growing a fucking ugly sweater they <laughs> like got you, you know they got mean? you the Skechers Armenia cups right <laughs> exactly and I was just like you know the only thing that I the only thing but the only thing as a child I do remember is all right if you can't have you know the gear that everybody else has you can't have like the north face the whatever you definitely don't want to get the thing that looks like that just no, get something not completely the first, not different the first down jacket. right not no, sir. No, no shade but you definitely don't you just got to go a different thing and pretend that like it's a personal choice yeah, I you wanted know what that. I mean? that's what i meant to do yeah <laughs> it's like oh y'all oh, look the same yeah <laughs> i don't i don't like me. bubble jackets yeah. like i just you just get something completely different you know could what I mean? never be me Right. So I think that's kind of where it started. I think as a teenager, as like a tween, even you start to develop these ideas about like style and stuff and like clothing and like what it means to you and that sort of thing. And not to get too deep into it, because like I said, we both were, you know, quote, deprived of certain things. But, you know, we had coats, we had families that were like making sure we were dressed in clean, yeah, new, yeah. nice clothing. So we're not thank saying you, thank you, mom. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you, dad. For real. I mean, my parents, I didn't really, really want for anything. So I can't even front like that. But you definitely were like, damn, one of these days, if it were up to me, you know, <laughs> if I had the purse strings, I would cop all the crazy shit. So I think a lot of it is driven. I think the one thing that most guys, even guys who aren't super fashion conscious can uh, attribute that feeling to is the sneaker market. Like that's why that's why retro sneakers are a thing. It's like you couldn't have Jordan threes when in 1989 or whatever, but you can have them now. And people are definitely collecting sneakers and that sort of thing built on that like nostalgia value of having them. And sneakers, at least, is one of those things that like kids wear, kids are playing, that sort of thing it becomes a style thing. So like the sneaker market, if nothing else, is definitely a testament to the power of nostalgia. Yeah, that's facts. And also, um, I just want to do a, a quick shout out because like. You know, grow, I have I, I have had and still have big ass feet growing up my whole life, and like I was copping ugly New Balances from fucking uh, shit Harry's shoes on Seventy Eighth. Like I my my shoes. Oh God, what's like the opposite of sauce? Yo? It was like it was so bone dry on <laughs> my feet. Yeah, I like I looked so bad, and like I was like a gawky ass teenager, and everybody was staring at me. But like, shout out to fucking uh, Nate who went to LaGuardia, he put me up on sneakers, like actually fly sneakers coming in my size. And this coincided with me finally having my own money too. So like, that's why first year of college, I got 30 pairs of sneakers. You know what I mean? So I was working hard. I was like, I was like, shit, like I'm paying off my, I'm like I'm paying off college and I got extra money. Like I was like, let's go get some fucking kicks. We're going to rotate a different pair every day. So 
Nate, thank you. I also blame you. You know, this yeah. <laughs> could have saved me a lot of pain <laughs> the in the long run. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the sneaker thing is is crazy and it's real. But um, pivoting a little bit from sneakers specifically, I think another thing too is as you get older, uh, one thing that obviously drives how you dress is the kind of work you're in, the line of work you're in. So I want to talk a little bit about that because some people have jobs where they have to dress a certain way that is not how they would dress off hours and that's that's probably most people or not even most but you know if it involves a uniform if it involves working in kind of an office setting you know these Business aren't casual yeah these aren't necessarily play clothes so there's that but then there's also you know now that we're at that generation where People don't stay in the same jobs, the same industry, the same company even for years and years and years anymore. I just want to talk a little bit about work attire and how that kind of dictates how you dress at work. How that like how do you dress for work without feeling like terrible about it, especially if you have to dress a certain way that you're not super comfortable with? I don't know what your experience has been. I think we both had varied job experiences, which affected, I think, how we dress, how we buy clothes, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't worked in a, I guess, like a traditional office since like when I was in college, when I was interning, I was like interning for New York Life Insurance Company. I also interned for a life insurance company, if you're counting the similarities that we have growing up (laughs) in New York. Oddly parallel lives and shit. But um, yeah, and I remember it was like, you know, we were like, like, obviously, like a life insurance company is like not going to be chock full of young people, like pretty much the interns can be the only young people there. But even then, like. You know, I remember, like, you could get, like, it was, like, business casual or whatever. So, like, my little, you know, my little, like, uh, what's it called? Like, my little deviation from the norm would be, like, all right, like, I can wear a polo shirt. I'm going to get a nice Lacoste polo or something like that or a nice polo brand polo where it'd be, like, you know, maybe, like, a kind of a crazy color or, like, because everyone else was, like, old and sad as fuck. Like, he's, <laughs> like, in, like, baggy-ass work clothes. And that's the other thing, too, was, like, wearing clothes that fit well. That was another big step. You, know, you got to wear slacks, but at least have them shits fit you instead of being, like, fucking relaxed fit dockers, you know. Then like Not even in your size. Yeah, whatever. exactly. Like, that's probably that was probably the biggest thing for me. But then every other office that I've worked in after that has, has not been such a, like, formal setting. So it's always been kind of varied, varied degrees of, like what you could get away with and but i think you've also gone to jobs where there was really no rules about how you dress or not even explicit rules but basically you were in jobs where you could dress however you wanted and probably was encouraged because being in fashion like personal style you have to express that you have to kind of show clients that you you know you know how to dress especially if you're trying to sell them clothing and apparel and shoes and that sort of thing definitely if you could speak on that a little bit it's context-based for sure like like, here's, like, a really good example, right? Like, that, like, Rob, you bring up a real good point about there being, like, no hard and fast rules. Like, the first company I worked for was a showroom, and it was me. I had, it was me and two other coworkers who were all about the same age. And it was, like, summertime, and we had this one, this one dude who was, like, this, a little older than me, me and, like, my other coworker, and he was, like, this, like, surfer dude from Jersey. And, like, he came in and, like, long plaid cargo shorts you know and like and my boss was like was like the mid hey, the mid shin joints yeah yeah exactly like the clam digger joints and he's just like he's like yeah you can't wear that that's unprofessional and he's like sitting there complaining to me and my other coworker, and we're both wearing shorts but we didn't look like crazy you know what i mean like it's like so it's very contextual you know like you can kind of blur the lines a little bit as long as you look good and look professional so it wasn't so like it wasn't so hard and fast, but but that's did, even harder because the dress code there sounds like you look bad, which is kind of yeah, harder than yeah. saying no and, jeans. And that's the thing. And that's the thing too is like that should always be like your you know like your guiding light. It's like if you don't look bad, you'll be surprised how much you could get away with. You know what I'm saying? True. Like great point. Like that definitely is like like things things tend to blur. Like and that's what I was kind of talking about earlier is like once I realized how you present yourself to the world like affects how the world treats you. Having your shit kind of tight and having a good personal aesthetic will carry you a long way. Especially when it comes to dress code flexibility, <laughs> like yeah. it just softens the rules for you for sure. Like. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I kind of worked. I mean, I might as well say that I interned at some jobs and most of the jobs I worked up until a couple of years ago were definitely business casual jobs to 
more business formal jobs. I used to work as a tax attorney, and I bring that up because that's all my law degree is good for anymore to say that I used to be an attorney. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's completely useless now, so I might as well bring that up as much as possible. And it's hard because that's a situation in which the way I dress at work is completely opposite to how I would want to dress in the real world every day if I had a choice. And not to say that I didn't try to look good and especially tried to look presentable at the very least, but it's not like I would want to be wearing a suit. I'm not a, a suit guy at the heart of things. I think I can wear a suit, but like it's not something I would choose to wear. And I have all these other things. Suits are only good when you don't have to wear them. Like right. When it's like when it's, then when it it's the a choice, treat. And then everyone's like, who's the suit guy? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Everyone's looking at you like you look fly, but like when it becomes like a fucking uniform, it's just like... That shit feels terrible, you know? Absolutely. And you talked about little things like, you know, making sure your clothes fit and, like, the kind of people that you work with and, like, how they dress. And, like, the people I worked with, actually, were pretty good at dressing as far as, like, you know, being business appropriate and actually fitting. It was kind of like younger guys I worked with the most recently. But I will say that I always used to kind of push the push the boundaries, sort of when I was working back then because I would always wear like the crazy colored stuff. It would be like, okay, I'm, I have to wear a sport coat to this meeting, but it's going to be like bright green, like master's green or from some the, shit. From the great Gatsby collection. Exactly. Something real <laughs> stupid, something real, like literally, but something real stupid in that sense, because it was also like a way to show personality, but a way also to show kind of rebellion, rebellion, disdain for this work. Like, I'm not like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, y'all disgust me. <laughs> You're not my dad. So I would wear shit like that. And I always wear like, um, you know, like I would still do that. I wear like, you know, like funny socks or like little shit, like, a belt that you shouldn't wear. Like I just very like kind of bright, colorful, preppy type shit. But at the same time, it's so funny because that was cool and all, and everyone was very permissive about it. But at the same time, uh, my coworkers would fry me for it too because they'd be like, you know, gray suit, navy suit, and I'd be wearing, "Hey guys, how's it going?" With like a beige and pink like <laughs> sport coats. Like, where the fuck did you even get that? You know, S smacking the hood of the car. Like this baby gets so much. Yeah, miles. exactly. I look like a used car salesman, but you know, it was just like a little thing. But it the reason I bring up work attire, though, in general, though, is that it's really hard when especially because it honestly is just it's a financial thing, too. But it's really hard when you have to dress in two completely different manners. That's one challenge when you have a completely set, different set of clothes for work and not work. And then there's the other challenge where now I work in a job where. I don't have a dress code. Like I literally don't even have the dress code where I have to look good. I just have to show up clothed. And that becomes a challenge too, because you want the too things, much freedom. Yeah. yeah. Too much freedom. <laughs> you want to look good. You want to be able to like go from work to like things you have to do after work without having to think too much about it. So it's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting thing that at least my wardrobe now is kind of more uniform. Like it's more one thing than like two completely different things, but it's also still a new challenge to try to figure out, well, what does looking good at work mean? And like, can I go from a work thing to like an after work event, like that sort of thing. But it's pretty permissive. So that's at least a good thing, but it's always like work always provides complication in terms of the dressing, the dressing part of uh, life, no matter whether you have all the freedom in the world or none of it. So I don't know. That's just one of those things I, I've been thinking about a lot today. So continuing on in the theme of, you know, personal style and dressing, let's say I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. Let's say I'm a person who am looking to, you know, dress a little better to improve my appearance as far as like the clothing thing. What would you say? How do you even get started in that? Because like we said, it started at a young age, so it's able to like evolve. And we've gone through a lot of personal style changes and that sort of thing. But if you're just like a guy right now, an adult man right now or woman or anyone, actually, just like an adult person, if you are a person right now and you've decided, all right, I want to dress differently and better. How do you even begin that process? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I mean, first of all, I would I think a real, real valuable thing is like. You know, it's kind of like how how they say when you're like applying for jobs or whatever, you need to be specific about what kind of job you actually want. Like you need to kind of figure out what it is that you would like to look like. And I think a real good way to start there is kind of like identifying like 
stylish people you know in your life like you like how they dress you know or like famous people that you you know like celebrities you like how they dress and kind of like you know the the celebrities it's like you can usually find people are always using celebrities like advertising basically so it'll be easy to find you know what it is exactly that they're wearing but like those stylish people like ask them where they got what they got or like if they have any places they recommend for you to shop like i think more more often than not that's that actually kind of strokes people's egos you know more than they like to admit because it kind of validates like oh this person thinks i'm stylish um so like i would definitely say go into it being like inquisitive you know open-minded to new shit and like checking out stores you might never been to you know i would definitely say if you have this luxury like go to stores in person um if not like you know shopping online just like it's getting better and better i'd say with like you know fit finders and stuff like that but like really like find like if you got to shop online like figure out like a piece of clothing that you have that fits well learn how to measure that shit so you can check like potential purchases against that and also use retailers that have a good return policy yeah too. <laughs> yeah that's what i was gonna say is like you know like be, besides like being bad for your carbon footprint or whatever like you know sometimes like it, it pays to like order two sizes and you know if they have a good return policy and shipping back the one that doesn't fit um the one thing that i will say that like a piece of advice that i wish i had gotten way way earlier in life that like um is kind of like guiding principle with shopping it's like the things that you should really spend money on, like I'm sure you're familiar with the concept of like investment pieces, but the things that people really notice as far as like clothes and gears like that, outerwear, like jackets are, I would say like probably the, one of the best things you can invest in because people always notice and they have like a real functional purpose too. Footwear, same thing, like really key piece that everyone kind of draws together. And then accessories, shit like jewelry, you know, bags, hats, whatever. Like these are like kind of the things that you don't necessarily want to cheap out on like i mean obviously you should try to get the best price possible but like these are the pieces that really kind of tie the look together or whatever if you have limited resources yeah. focus on those areas I yeah because they all have limited resources to be clear yeah and those and those other categories things like pants shirts whatever like you can find lower price versions and just take them to the tailor and like for way way less than designer until you get to a point where you've kind of built up like that foundation in your wardrobe that you're like all right like now I can move on to some cool pants or like, you know, cool shirts or sweaters, anything like that. Like, but I would say those three categories are like when you're trying to like build yourself into a stylish person, like focus there, you know, focus on how shit fits. And then like as your wardrobe starts to come together and be more cohesive, then you can expand from there. But that's like the foundational shit that I would do if you really want to kind of step it up. I think it's good advice. And I think sometimes it's hard for us to think about, well, how do you start from the very beginning? When you talked about, um, identifying people that you think are stylish, whether it's people you know or people that you see in like a magazine or whatever, celebrities. I would say one of the things about identifying those people or you say you see a picture of someone and you say, I love how this person looks in what they're wearing. I think one of the things to do is to take a step back and identify what it is that you like about their outfit, whether it's the color, whether it's how the thing fits. Oh, they're wearing this shirt. It's a little oversized or, oh, it's very like form fitting or, oh, my body type is similar to this person's body type. So maybe, maybe this will look good on me. Like you never know. I think trying to identify more than just what is this piece of clothing and who makes it is what are the attributes of this piece of clothing and why and why do I like it? And do I truly like it? You know, really asking yourself, because sometimes it's hard when you're starting out trying to evaluate clothing and stuff, whether you really like something or whether it's just trendy. Identify what you like about the thing, whether it's because it's colorful and you don't wear that much color or it's black and you like to wear all black, that sort of thing, whether it's how it fits. Identify what it is that you like about those pieces of clothing. So I think even just taking just a little bit of extra thought in terms of clothing goes a long way because I think a lot of people just say, I'm a large in this. I'm going to just wear whatever's a large. I'm aware whatever's a medium i'm aware i think that even taking that extra step to identify what kind of things you like what kind of colors you like what colors look good against your skin you know those sort of questions just even taking a couple minutes to think about that makes such a huge difference and it's not about just getting the most expensive brand or the most popping thing or the most trendy piece it's all these little like decisions and i think it's a cool thing to to kind of identify those things and not look at and also the other thing too i think a lot of people have trouble with is i think if you have um if you focus on clothes at all you know people are worried that that can like step into like vanity very quickly and i don't think that you have to take it that far i think that it's it's okay to like stuff there is no ethical consumption under capitalism anyway so you might as well <laughs> enjoy some stuff because we have to, and that's the system. Um, but, <laughs> but 
I think it's cool. It's cool to like just think about it as like an exercise in like ex- expression and like think about why you like things and the, and worrying about how you present yourself. Not really just because of how other people will treat you, because I think dressing intentionally will improve how people treat you to be perfectly honest but also just because it's good for yourself to say i'm wearing these things and i like them and this is like that's what style really is it's like putting on certain things and you personally liking them regardless of like how other people receive them if you truly like something it's going to come off in how you wear the thing not just like the thing you're wearing but like the confidence in which you wear it so i would say identify what you like about certain pieces of clothing Again, like you said, and I think you're really good at this, is just kind of like ask ask around about, you know, people that you think are stylish. Like be observant about those sort of things. I think you're always giving me good recommendations for like pieces that you wouldn't even wear, but you know that there's stuff that like fit with like how I like to dress. Like you're good at identifying that and like other people even. So I think taking advice and being like open minded about that sort of thing goes a long way because it's hard to it's hard to keep track of everything that's going on in like clothing and fashion at all times anyway. So, yeah. No, and I think, I think that's a real good point that you brought up too, is just, just like anything, doing anything with intention is going to yield better results, you know? So if you just look at something as clothing is something you can like think about it a little bit more, you'll be surprised how far that goes. So that's a, that's an excellent point you brought up. I prefer, honestly, I honestly truly believe that you could dress like a jerk and if you intended to dress that way, that's you'll still end up looking way better than someone that didn't like put any thought into what they were wearing. You know what I mean? And to I'm, be clear, I do dress like a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's warranted, you know, and like it's a, it's a, it's an occasion thing. Sometimes you know the occasion calls for dressing like a jerk. So um, I think that it's better to dress with intention and look a little crazy than to dress real bland and without thought. But that's just a personal thing. If you're already on this pathway, you're already thinking about clothing and style. That's one thing. If you're one of these people that doesn't have to worry about these things at all and you can wear whatever the fuck and it really doesn't matter and you have greater things that are concerning you, God, well, God bless, bless. But fuck you. <laughs> God bless, but I'm not that person. Leave I have, us ugly people alone, yeah, God damn it. <laughs> exactly. I have very petty problems to deal with. Like I'm just looking to fill the void in my life with sneakers and jackets. So... Um, you know, God bless if you don't have to worry about these things. But if you are worried about these things, these are just a couple pieces of advice I would say are decent piece of advice. And maybe it's something we can expand on because we're always talking about clothes anyway. So cool. I think we kind of really dug into that a bit, maybe maybe more than I expected. But we'll t- we'll probably keep the next segment a little brief. So time again to talk shop. Insert uh, cash register sound talk here. Shop. Exactly. Count that money. Um, Well, basically, we talked a little bit about how our childhood informs how we purchase clothes now, how we view clothes. And we talked a little bit about it in terms of just our upbringing and, and not being able to have stuff when you're a kid and now having like the ability to buy stuff for yourself now. But another thing about that, I think that is a little bit different, but related is the nostalgia factor. And I think that this fall, this fall winter, we have been a little bit more focused than usual on nostalgia as a kind of guiding principle for some of the designs that we're putting out. I mean, aside from the fact that we're trying to be of the moment with kind of phrases and designs that we like, we definitely are looking to capitalize seems like a strong word. Nostalgia is such a strong feeling. Like I feel like nostalgia is something that drives a lot of decision making in all things and there's just something a warm feeling about something familiar yeah and like and and like various touch points in our lives you know of like shit whether it was like good bad or indifferent you know it's like sometimes it's good it's good to take a look back and remember because it'll you'll get that little nostalgia hit and you'll remember how something was at a certain time and it kind of like contrasts against how things are now and really makes you kind of consider where you're at and what's happening you know like i think like nostalgia it can go either way you know what i mean like it's like uh i wouldn't say we're necessarily using it as a marketing tactic because i think nostalgia as a marketing tactic is kind of evil but i think as like a design principle it's like an interesting way to look at shit you know as long as it's things that like you actually remember and like you were actually there for like same your thing, own like, memory yeah not like appropriating shit you know for nostalgia purposes so. yeah and i think it's it's interesting that you bring that up because nostalgia is like a marketing tactic versus nostalgia as a design principle is definitely two different things. What's the difference between a marketing tactic and a design principle though, is that I think using nostalgia to get you to buy something is a little bit different than saying, 
I like the I like the way that something looks and it's something from like my past or from my memory or from my childhood. I mean, obviously they're very closely related because the design will cause a purchase to buy hopefully. But I think for us the nostalgia stuff is just kind of reflective like it gives things a little bit more meaning. Like I said it was powerful. It's powerful because we all have memories of things in the past that we hold dear and fond to us and I think that we're trying to tap into that personally, but also things that are kind of like widely more relatable. Like interesting thing that we talked about in the past, um, obviously not on the podcast, but we talked about in the past was uh, those uh, Palace Blackberry T-shirts. Yes, they snapped. They snapped. <laughs> it's so funny because it's like I never even had a Blackberry and I was like, I'm nostalgic for my Blackberry oh, right I now. I have so many Blackberries. Uh, those shirts. And the thing that, you know, actually it's funny, like the thing that I miss the most about Blackberries I would drop them shits out of moving vehicles and it would like bounce off the ground and bounce back into the car and be like, it's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. And like you had, to, you had to inflict some like lethal fucking damage on that thing. And then when it finally like took so much punishment that it broke, it cost $50 to replace it. Like it was not like, you know, your iPhone, this shit crack. It's made out of like the most fragile glass. You know, there should be like one bit, one tiny crack turns into a fucking spider web on your shit at the drop of a hat. So... I was like, it definitely, for me, I was like, fuck. I saw that T. I was like, yo, they killed it. That's so funny. It's so funny, too, because I think it's very easy. And maybe having a nostalgia for a fucking piece of electronics is just another, like, circle of hell and capitalism or whatever. That <laughs> that aside, just just letting you know that we know what we're saying. We're aware. We're, we're aware. aware. We're Self-awareness aware. is a curse that we share, too. So Absolutely. Trust me, we know what's up. Trust me. Um, but that aside, it's so interesting how that kind of design can like evoke so much fondness just it's just a big rendering it's definitely an interesting design but it's definitely just a big rendering of a fucking blackberry and it's such a fire design and it's not even something that that's another thing that makes a great design it's not a t-shirt that i personally would wear like i don't really care for it in that sense but i look at it and i'm like wow that's a great fucking design yeah nailed it like they they really nailed it and i think that's part of what we talked about this maybe a little bit but Streetwear logo flips, I think, are heavily based on nostalgia. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And Absolutely. Obviously, obviously, we're trying to do that as well. It's an it's a thing that's kind of I don't want to say low hanging low hanging fruit because that kind of diminishes the value of it has. But being able to connect with people with familiar imagery is like a really important part, I think, of streetwear and just design principles in general to some extent. Clearly, we're not you know, the A-level designers in gra- graphic designers. So we, we definitely need to lean on some tips and tricks to kind of create a connection. I think we're more just people that have ideas and like taste, certain taste, and we're trying to express that in a certain way more than like you sit us at a computer and I can tell you why something is like a good design, you know? Well, also at the same time, it's like in, like we are very much trying to do our own thing here and like, you know, kind of break with tradition a little bit, but like, we need a little bit of guidance. You know what I'm right. saying? We can't be like, we can't make this shit up from scratch every single time. Otherwise, it's like, honestly, it probably will not sell very well. You know? Absolutely, and it's hard to it's hard to invent something truly unique and new, and that's why when it happens, it's such a big deal. And I don't think either of us purport to do that. Um, I don't think you'll be seeing us inventing a font anytime soon or anything like that. Oh, man. And I've been reading about as, as graphic design has become my passion. <laughs> right. I've been reading more about fonts and that's like a whole wide world of shit to dive into. It's so crazy when you think about T-shirts and like merch and streetwear and clothing in general. And you say, oh, this is cool. But so much thought goes into how things are designed even like some of the stuff that we're doing yeah, it's big, probably more big respect th- to all my graphic designer friends real, all the graphic designers we work with like yo there's a real like, design this shit is like an art and a science rolled into one like that's sh- this shit is crazy but i think the good thing about and that's another thing i would say just as a as maybe you're a person out there trying to do creative things just because you don't have the tools to do everything yourself doesn't mean that your ideas aren't valid. I mean, everyone gets help. And especially a lot of people who have these great ideas and thoughts about imagery and design have those separate from the ability to create it. So I think that working with designers who are really good, who can add their own piece of flavor to it, but also who can just like technically execute is like a big deal because I think we have like a lot of ideas and we can like see it in our heads, but we need people all the time to like bring that out for us. And I think that's another side note is that work with designers, work with people who actually do this shit and 
talk out your ideas with them and talk out your ideas with other people who aren't graphic designers, like get the perspective of every person you can on these things before you go out and make them. But I think one of the easy things to lean on a bit is nostalgia and like going back to things. And I think we're just in a very, I don't know how long it's been this way, or maybe it's always been this way. And maybe part of what drives it is because we have so much like recorded history at this point, like everything's on the internet, everything is on television, you know, immortalized in like a digital way. Nostalgia is super powerful. We live in very nostalgic times. Even back in the day, I remember when they used to have those like, I love the 70s, I love the 80s on VH1 or whatever. I remember when it got to the point where it was like, I love the 2000s and we were in the 2000s. You know what I mean? Like it was 2010 and they were talking about, I love the 2000s and shit. If that's not true, you know, don't quote me on that. But it was too close. I was like, how can we- No follow-up questions, please. How can we be nostalgic for seven years ago? And I think the answer really is, is because we can go back and look at shit from seven years ago. We can go back and look at shit from 40 years ago. Also, also let's keep it a buck too. Like lately the future feels fucking grim as shit. (laughs) Like it's just like, like this is like what's left of it. What's left of the future. They're like, yeah, if we don't fix like climate change in 20, like in like two years, it's a wrap. And like, so sometimes it's kind of nice in the, when you're like literally swimming in like, you know, the, the latest fucked up political news and like the planet is dying. And like, and then you're just like, and that, that celebrity you really love and respect just like passed away. Like, then you just be like, Oh man, like, that video game I used to play when a kid when I was a kid was tight. I didn't really have as many problems back then. Like, oh God! It's like it's a little bit of relief for yourself, you know, like to like touch on some more pleasant times. So absolutely, people are just clamoring for nostalgia now. It's so funny when people talk about. I mean, we all do this when we talk about the good old days. How that means different things to different people, and for some people, it means a time when black people didn't have rights. It really does. That's why y'all motherfuckers love Mad Men so much. Keep it real. Yeah, it's just like it's so funny that that's like a thing. But now looking at like you said, how grim the future is. I'm like, at least we were alive in the fifties. Like we had to eat at a different place, but the place at least existed. Like you know what I mean. So. So, I mean, nostalgia has that value. So, so coming soon, uh, lunch counter teas from no losses. <laughs> sir, sir, <laughs> sir. All right. So this is the last episode. Hold, hold my hand while I get canceled real quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, please, sir. Please, please cancel me. I mean, we need to predict exactly when the world is going to end so we can all be canceled together in a mass Jonestown style mass cancellation. <laughs> Let's all drink the problematic Kool-Aid and, and get canceled at the same time. But I think that's that's pretty much all I really wanted to talk about as far as personal style and nostalgia and that sort of thing. So I think we're going to start to wrap it up before we get to the DJ mix. Um, Again, we like to end with some parting words of advice or encouragement i don't know if you want to kick that off for us uh sometimes when you record like when you got like a whole bunch of choices in front of you you have to pick the most chaotic one just to fucking shake shit up in your life i feel like this is the second time you decided to (laughs) embrace chaos like two out of three episodes you're like do the chaotic thing (laughs) do it do it the episode i would just keep really drilling that into motherfuckers heads yeah, I mean, I think also because we live very, thank God, comfortable and, and somewhat sheltered lives now as adults, I think the chaos thing makes sense. Sometimes you need to shake things up. Um, I think that my piece of advice will be, it's like, treat people fairly. That's the that's the number one thing. I think that, well, one of the number one things, when 1A, 1B, whatever, treat people fairly. Um, sometimes it's hard to do. Sometimes in business, in your personal life, things happen. But I think if for the most part, you can try to treat people as fairly as you can, things will work out. And even if they don't work out, you won't have any of that buyer's remorse or regret about what you did. So do the chaotic thing, but make sure it's fair to other Chaos people. with kindness. This is also, for the record, this is why last episode I was like, Listen to YC. Don't listen to me. Yeah. No, no, no. But those things do go together because I think chaos doesn't mean be selfish in your chaos necessarily. But no, sometimes no. you need to shake things up because it can get very 
monotonous, but at the same time, treat people fairly and hopefully people will treat you fairly and think good things will come to you. So I always try to deal with people on a fair level, um, even when we have disagreements, even when we have uncomfortable conversations, I always try to treat people fairly. So Man, this is why this is why we make such a good duo, cause, mostly because you'd be keeping me in check. <laughs> it's like I'd be like five seconds away from just like fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> just let's. It's not time to get canceled yet. I'll yeah. let you, I'll let you know. It's like it's like that thing I read in uh, Josh Gondelman's book. He's ta- he's retelling the story of Roadhouse, and the rule that Patrick Swayze says is be nice until it's time to not be nice. And they ask him, when is it time to not be nice? And he says, I'll tell you. <laughs> so I'll tell you when it's time to be canceled. Um, that's that's my rule. Don't get canceled until it's time to be canceled. And when is that? I'll tell you. All right. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, hopefully we'll be available on a few more platforms by the time that you hear this. We are working on it. So uh again thanks for listening thanks for uh humoring us in our endeavor to make some content for you guys and to share some ideas and to get you guys back in the store no losses.nyc uh thanks again this has been no losses radio with yc and god bless this is top shelf tyson thank you for tuning in thanks no losses they said they want some of that raw shit raw. Turn it up, I'ma sit in the car turn me up. If you turn off your lights, you gon' see me at night Oh, you know I'm a motherfucking star, bitch Blame. I know you ain't from where I'm from Cause you know you can't go leave your gun in the car, the dick fuck? Nigga like me, walk down on your ass Leave you stuck in the sand like a motherfucking star, Let's bitch go. Where the bat was at? I'm tryna smoke some Let's go. STG, swear to God, they don't want none huh? STD play with fire, I'ma bunt some Back to back, a scat pack doing donuts <laughs> Started now to get hit like one song She eat up the two bottle screwball like ice, ice cream. cream Who you know what designer with Nike? I smile me. and I show off my dimples, I'm icy with this fucking with my Somebody come give me a challenge, excite. Come on, nigga, better stay away from that water. I let this bitch off, it's gonna hit you like light. Boom. How the fuck they let baby go platinum? I thought he was whacking, they didn't even like uh, it. Bitch. You can come see my plaque on my wall, walk around in my drawers, talking shit in my castle. Uh-huh. Think he sick, wipe his nose, I'm a nap. Sick. Take his bitch, that's my hoe, I'm a dad. Her dad. Shit, shit to your dose in the ass. You dope. Mix it in with the low, doesn't matter. Uh, low. Nigga, know I was having that remix. Yeah. I play pussy and burn you, that's defense. Bitch. Baby, pull out my dick and she eat it. She like how I be kicking that street shit. That's your boy, yeah. He ain't me, bitch. bitch. Check me out on your screen, BET, bitch. Yeah. Know I got the whole gang in LA. The gang. I'm strapped up with that thing in LA. Uh-huh. I hop up the plane and I skate. She bout to come bring me some brain. That's my bae. My bae. I can't go back and forth with a hoe like a bitch. You gon' do everything that I say. Say they want some of that trap talk. Trap? I get a brick, let it moonwalk. Brick. The case you silent, but it still talk. Nah. Smoke with the pilot in the skybox. Uh. The color name came with an umbrella. But guess no prongs, they stand together. Ice. I live my arm and chain the weather. Ooh. Turn a bitch from none to a Cinderella. Bad. They said they want some of that raw shit. Raw. Turn it up, I'ma sit in the car. Turn me up. If you turn off your lights, you gon' see me at night. Oh, you know I'm a motherfucking star, bitch. Blame. I know you ain't from where I'm from, cause you know you can't go leave your gun in the car, the dick. Fuck? Nigga, let me walk down on your ass, leave you stuck in the sand like a motherfucking star, Let's bitch. Go. They said they want some of that raw shit. Raw. Turn it up, I'ma sit in the car. Turn me up. If you turn off your lights, you gon' see me at night. Oh, you know I'm a motherfucking star, bitch. Blame. I know you ain't from where I'm from, cause you know you can't go leave your gun in the car, the dick. Fuck? Nigga, let me walk down on your ass, leave you stuck in the sand like a motherfucking starfish. I feel like I'm sipping on activists. Might as well turn to an activist. Well. The meeting was corporate, walked in like we been there, man. They know we really were savages. No. Ain't in the UPS or with the FedEx, but a nigga be packing it. Ain't trying to brag up, also tell them someday I don't know, but a nigga be having it. Metal on me, y'all time. Different with metal, the trap is a madness. But I'm also serious, ooh. I be walking same time swimming, my neck wet jet like a pool. Spent the whole hundred racks on tennis, not talking about shoes. But I did spend a 20 with my crew and made the news. Then I got that shit right back after I bust a couple moves. Then I bought a couple jewels, they like Glock, you a fool. Bitch, ain't nothing new but these motherfucking blues. I was just six, playing with sticks, yeah. I ran it up, now I'm lit. Now this young nigga get rich, yeah I used to take shit like the Grinch, yeah Shit don't make no sense, no Boy, your pocket's full of lint Nigga ain't talking about shit No little ass diamonds, yeah, I had to squint Yeah, I hit your bitch, leave a dent, ooh Driving up in like it's Benz, ooh Killing shit, give me a sense, ooh Bad as fuck, then it's the mint, I bought my chopper some tea
J6, playing with sticks, yeah. I went it up, now I'm lit, yeah. Now this young nigga get rich, yeah. I used to take shit like the Grinch, yeah. Shit don't make no sense, no. Boy, your pocket full of lint, bro. Nigga ain't talking about shit. The little ass diamond, yeah, I had to spin, yeah. I beat your bitch, leave a dent, ooh. Driving up in like it's rent, ooh. Killing shit, give me a sense, ooh. Mad as fuck, then it's the mint, ooh. I buy my chopper some tits, ooh. I got no top and no fitness, ooh. Young nigga, give you the business, ooh. Since I was six, I've been with it.
Don't want to feel you, don't want you on my mind. Don't want to feel you, don't want you on my mind. Don't want to feel you, don't want you on my mind, on my mind, on my mind, 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 mind.
dude looking like a dope dealer. I ain't standing none of y'all broke nigga. At the trust spot where we post nigga. I'ma get a mansion and a boat nigga. Farrell got my friends in a coat nigga. For a girlfriend she's a gold digger. One thing gon' need is no nigga. Bought the AMG Benz 'cause it go quicker. Fresh in the VIP lit up. Lit up. Fuck nigga try to get up. All I take is one car nigga. I heard niggas say y'all niggas. Instagram timeline full of y'all pictures. Y'all niggas on the fish tryna act a fish. You a pussy head nigga and I know it nigga. You a pussy head nigga and you short nigga. Follow real hard, real 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 hard. Don't even like the fat, know I'm playing with the fat. Had the motherfucker all set white, then they had the paint motherfucker black. How you love that? Bottom like a motherfucking hot boy, like in '98 nigga. How you look? Jumpin', young nigga, bottom line made 'em move. All these hoes ain't up, but you cool. Bottom like a hot boy, hot boy, hot boy, hot boy, hot boy, jumpin', jumpin'. Stick it to the G, go four hundred beats more, y'all nigga. Nah, we do it. Bottom like a hot boy, hot boy, hot boy, hot boy, nigga, Lil Weezy. Feelin' like Birdman and Meechie, blockin' out lights out, nigga. We That's a new Dominican, some Fiji pussy. That's that water, water made me get that pussy. Had to plug in, but I kept on looking. Had a nine way, and I keep on cooking. I'm a self-made nigga, keep on looking. I'm a self-paid nigga, keep on looking. Got the white bands and they think we serving. Bought the black bands and they think we serving. Got them goons with me, ain't no secret service. Man, these goons niggas like the secret service. When the club closed, nigga get to lurking. On them shine sticks, I don't smoke no dirty. Let my OG like they hit the dirty. He a wild nigga, call him wild turkey. Wild niggas are hungry and thirsty. You a loud nigga, I ain't never worried. Y'all niggas ain't never worthy, nah, y'all bitches ain't never worthy Ass sharp than on these hoes, yeah, go ass sharp than on these hoes, yeah Hot bars, we gon' walk fast, we some hot bars, we gon' walk fast Lost money, nigga, lost time, nigga, bounce back, got more chill More chicks, meal, more chill, more chicks, that's more chill Take it back to 1980, birdie, clean, nobody shake Copa steady like a boogie, plug like Lulu came and say Turn my crew up, ran them bands up, all them pussy start hate Chain the game, they starting to cut it, pulling cables. Cocaine, 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 cocaine,
cocaine, cocaine, cocaine, cocaine. Long way, Lulu, cocaine, the roller's got the roller, Aquafina. Wrist in the pot like the white machine. Lulu friend them bricks, a child machine. 3840 Glock with the magazine. Blue magic dial, fooler like coffee beans. Forges on the coops, all that clean cocaine. Lube a tin on my boot, left a murder scene. Fresh deuces and clean methods in Billy Jean in the pot like a professor caught me the dean. Too much cut on you pussy niggas in your jeans. Balenciaga ball and simple jeans. Just step and step up like a Michael the King. Bought a bell and bust it down with my team. G money turned a nigga to a fiend. Cash a J done turned me to a machine. Cleaner than cocaine from out of ink. Selling double up, drop a zip and watch it bubble up. Tessa I'm strong, I'm sippin' out of triple Test cup. it all on no sprinter, cut down, we quite drippin' the bridge. You can't catch you no trap with no chips. So I'm 100, too much cut on you, little nigga. That case of machete, Draco's is old pound. That hand, she gon' put a hole in the little nigga. Go cocaine, 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 cocaine,